You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Uh, that would that literally reads, you shall not lie about others. And uh, this is very important. This is probably not what most people think. but um, Or this lesson tonight will not be what probably most people think. So, But this, the, the scripture is wording things in this way for a very good reason. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. It is anointed. And I pray that today that anointing would be on me to preach and to teach to your people. God, we pray that you would bless the remainder of this service. Bless all our brothers and sisters that couldn't be here today. God, look after them. Strengthen them. God, and I pray that those that are here would be encouraged by the word, strengthened by the word. Lord, let there be a conviction on our heart today about living right. God, and I pray that this would go deep into our souls. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. For years, I... I read this commandment and I heard something very different than what it was saying. Uh, When I read Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16, probably like most of you, I thought it said, you shall not lie. You shall not lie. That is the way I always heard it. That is not what this commandment is saying. Um, Although the Bible does prohibit and condemn lying. Um, Uh, But we're not going to be talking about all of that today because the subject of lies and who is a liar is very broad in the Bible. It would take literally months, if not years, just to teach on that subject. And I'll just give you a little example. The Bible will talk about lying uh, within marital relationships, family relationships, social relationships, the lying of uh, political powers to the people that they rule. Uh, The Bible will even go higher than that and begin to talk about um, the theological implications of lying. Uh, For example, uh, 1 John talks about, he that does not believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is a liar. Amen. Uh, There are spiritual implications to lying. The Bible says that Satan is a liar. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, The Bible will also go on to say that anybody who does not love their brother or sister, amen, is a liar. It says anybody who says that they have never sinned, the truth is not in them, and they are a liar. But the objective of this commandment is to discourage us from lying, and in particular, uh, for the purpose of hurting the reputation and the character of others. This is a very serious subject in the Bible's. Proverbs 6 and 19 says that a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among brethren is an abomination unto the Lord. Without question, the Bible has some very strong warnings against this type of behavior. There are not different types of lies. Um, in, 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 in normal, in, in what we would, I don't call normal society because society is far from normal. But in, 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 in most circumstances, society believes that there are, that lying has gradients, right? That there's like deep, deep, dark lies. And then there's what they call little white lies. Uh, the, the Bible does not see lying that way. Um, the, the, what the Bible does see, though, are differences between little lies and big lies. 
Um, for example, a circle, whether it's little or big, is always 360 degrees. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. Most big lies are comprised of little lies, right? But there is no white lie. There is no gray lie. There is no dark, deep black lie. They're all lies. And uh, so uh, it's important to understand that we are either telling the truth or we are not telling the truth. Now, uh, what does change with lying uh, or, or what, where there are variations uh, is the reasons why people lie. Uh, sometimes people lie to defend themselves. They see that, um, that, that they feel threatened and so they begin to lie. Um, other times people lie uh, as an attack against other people. Uh, they are actually doing what they are doing with the intent and the purpose of hurting and damaging the reputation and character of other people. Neither is acceptable. Neither is permissible. But this ninth commandment specifically addresses what, what I would call the weaponizing of lying, uh, which is where we use lie, lies to hurt someone else. This is why the scripture specifically says, you will not bear false witness against your neighbor. Um, uh, and it should be understood by now and within this group of people uh, who your neighbor is. It, it's everyone. Everyone is our neighbor. All of humanity is our neighbor. And so what the scripture is telling us is that uh, believers, God's people, are not allowed and not and should not lie against one another. Amen. Uh, Amen. And remember, what the Ten Commandments are God's law to Israel. He is trying to establish a society. But I'm going to tell you this, any society that were to adopt the Ten Commandments would be a pretty good society. Praise God. And these Ten Commandments, they're not the Ten Opinions, and they're not the Ten Recommendations, and they're not the Ten uh, Chicken Soups for the Soul. Amen. These are the Ten Commandments, and, uh, and it does a church good to understand these Ten Commandments and to apply them in any social structure and in any group trying to govern themselves. It is good for us to know that a peaceful society needs individuals who will not deliberately and intentionally lie against one another. Amen. Now, the Bible has uh, several different words for this, this action of lying to hurt somebody else. Uh, one of the most common uh, words that is used in Scripture, uh, in, in particular the King James Bible doesn't use it as much as other versions, but the King James Bible does use it, and it is the word slander. Everyone say slander. And if you don't know what slander means, uh, slander means, uh, slander is actually a crime in the United States. And that should just let you know how serious, slander is a, a crime in almost every country, believe it or not. And this should let you know how serious lying is, uh, how serious lying against your neighbor is. Um, but slander is the crime of making a false spoken statement that damages a person's reputation. Now, with the evolution of technology and the bringing about of the printing press and now the computer, etc., uh, uh, legal systems have come up with what is also known as liable. And liable is, uh, is a written or published uh, false statement of someone else. So not only are you not allowed to say things that are false against your neighbor, you're not allowed to post things on Instagram. 
that are false about your neighbor. Uh, you're not allowed to post things on Facebook that are false about your neighbor. And that would include your president, your governor, your mayor. If you do not know, you are not allowed to just vent. If you are not informed. Uh, and there's, there's something actually worse than being uninformed, and that's being misinformed. And, uh, and so we are not allowed to just vent, amen, in written or verbal form. Somebody say praise God. Amen. We can't just say things about other people that we have no evidence for and no proof. This is liable. This is slander. And you should definitely not do it about church folk. You're going to be in trouble with God if you do this. Now, when we say something uh, false about someone, uh, and we're going to bring this into a smaller, uh, more intimate setting, when we say something false about someone to someone else, there's like this trifecta effect. There's this three-way negative effect. Matthew 15 and 11 says, Not that which goeth out of the mouth defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defiles a man. Not that which goes in the mouth, but that which comes out of the mouth. That's what defiles the man. The question here is, who is the man? All Jesus is saying is that when a mouth opens up, and he's actually referring to false witness here, or what we would call slander. He says, when you slander, the man is defiled. Who is the man? There's three of them. The person speaking is defiling themselves. They, they just got a blot to their soul. The person listening is now, is now defiled. And you know who the third person is? The person you're talking about. Three people are affected when we slander somebody. Three people are affected when we slander somebody. Ourselves, the person listening, and the person we're slandering. And I, I'm going to tell you, I get convicted every time I teach on all these commandments. So don't think I'm not at my own desk cringing and wiggling, because uh, I am. And I'm starting to realize things that I've never thought about. But I want you to know, uh, you do good not to slander anybody in front of your children, because you are defiling your children. That's right. And you know, the grown folks used to make the kids go in the other room, and that's not a bad thing. Amen. Uh, and those of us that know two languages used to uh, switch languages up. Amen. So that we might not defile somebody. Somebody say praise the Lord. And some people might say that's old fashioned. I say that's staying saved. Hallelujah. If you need to discuss something with your spouse, and sometimes we do. If you need to discuss something about your ex-spouse, and sometimes we do. Praise God. And it's not, you know, you're, you're, you're not slandering, uh, but you're still trying to work some things out. You want to make sure to escort the innocent out of the room. Amen. Lest they become defiled. Amen. Uh, because the person speaking, hopefully, is conscious and self-aware enough to say, you know what, I'm going to have to take that back. I'm going to have to reverse the order of those things. And we can repent, and we can even call the person and say, hey, I shouldn't have said that that was wrong. Please forgive me. Amen. But let me say this. If we have said something that is false about somebody else to somebody else, we need to go back and fix that and let the other person know, hey, I should not have said that. That was wrong. Or I didn't know, or I was misinformed or uninformed. And I should not have said that. Praise God. And if you have defiled your children, you ought to tell them that you've done that. You ought to let them know, I should not have said that. The psalmist David said in Psalms 101 and 5, Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him I will cut off. 
You know what? You, you know what? That's, that's just good old-fashioned King James English for, for I cut off trash talkers. I, I cut off trash talkers. They're, they're not in my squad. They're not in my friendship circle. They're not, I, it, if I, 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 I mute them on, on my social media. If not, and, and you know, there are people that talk trash. I can't tell you how many people I unfollow all the time. I don't care. I don't, I, there's just, I don't, I don't, I don't want those toxic words. Amen. I don't want to read liable. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't want to hear it. Praise God. And, uh, and there should be something in us that says, you know what? I am going to try to the best of my knowledge. And there's nothing wrong with this to cut off people that do this. And we'll talk a little bit about why. But let's pause right here before we move into the next kind of false witness against the neighbor. What do we do? What do we do if somebody slanders us? What do we do? This is a good... You will all... Oh, and I know, I know, this, here's the good news. You will all be slandered at one time in your life. Some of you are being slandered right now. Amen. Hallelujah. By somebody. Uh, praise God. I may get slandered by the time this service is over. Hallelujah. Um, but what, what do I do? Uh, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.13, When slandered, we entreat. When slandered, we entreat. What does that mean? The word entreat means to speak kindly, gently, or softly. And Paul says, when we are slandered, we go up to that person and we speak to them kindly, softly. And the question is, about what? The answer is about the error and the misinformation that they're speaking. The Bible says that a soft answer breaketh the bone, and a soft answer turn away his wrath. So when we become aware of the fact that somebody has slandered us, we don't slander back. Amen. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in Proverbs. It says, it says, he that hideth anger is a fool, and he that spreadeth slander is a fool. And what is that saying? It's saying that, that, that you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't, a lot of us think that it's virtuous to hide anger. But a lot of people walk, to, walk around with hidden anger that turns into slander, right? We, we, we are hiding all these feelings and all these emotions about such and such a person that may have hurt us. And we walk around, we hide the anger. We're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know what? Some people have problems. It's all good. No, you know what? I'm doing good. You know, she's just mad that her boyfriend left her. But, I, you know, I'm not one to gossip, so... And all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're gossiping because, because we did the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says when you're slandered, go ahead, pick up the phone. Go ahead, drop them a little personal message, an email. Speak to them kindly. Say, you know what? I, 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 know, I know that you have some, 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 some perceptions of me. I know that you see me in a certain light. But you know what? Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? I just, I just want you to know it's not that way. I just want you to know, I'm not angry at you. I don't have nothing against you. I'm not getting a big amen on that one. When slandered, we entreat. Now, some theologians actually believe that what Paul is saying, because he doesn't say who we entreat. Some theologians actually believe that what Paul is saying is that when we are slandered, we entreat God. What does that mean? We, we, pray, we pray to God. 
We bring gentle, kind, gracious words to the Lord. In fact, I was praying about somebody who slandered me today. Uh, and yesterday I was praying about them. Praise God. And I was praying, you know what, God? Open their eyes. God, help them. God, God. Uh, you know, in some cases, and, and I'm going to talk about this in the end, people who slander people are usually people that are really angry. They're angry people, almost, almost indefinitely. People that slander are angry, and I'll talk about why they're angry in just a few minutes. But you know what? When you know that somebody, somebody who slanders you is probably really rough in other areas, rough with their kids, rough with their friends, rough with their neighbors, and you could see it. And you know what? I, I prayed for them today and yesterday. God, help them to get rid of all that anger in their life. Amen. I'm entreating God graciously. I don't, you know, slander is such a serious offense to God. We ought to pray, God, forgive them. God, have mercy on them. God, don't, God, don't, don't, don't hold this to their charge. God, I, please, God, turn them around. Help them to not do this. Come on, somebody. We're talking about living. We're talking about living for Jesus. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. All right. So let's move on. Uh, there's another way we can bear false witness. And sometimes we can bear false witness against our neighbor, amen, uh, by repeating a story that we don't know to be true. Now, some people think they get off, some people think they spiritually get off the hook if the story was true. Some people think that gossip has to be a lie. You can damage somebody just as badly with the truth. If you have, if you have, you know, truth comes with a responsibility. Knowing the truth comes with a responsibility. And I know people that may have truths, but they are not careful with how they disseminate those truths. I know people that have truths. I'm sorry. There's just some discussions that I do not have with my children. Not because they're lies, not because they're falsehoods, not because they're even misinformation. You know, you know, like when you look out in the street, right? There's these uh, the electrical poles. They'll have they'll have this this thing. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a transformer, and it makes sure that the electricity being shot over to the house is happening at a certain wattage and rate and whatever. The, the house just can't get straight power. The house will blow up. And, and children in particular are this way. You can't just shoot straight at them and give them information with no filter, with no restriction, without any kind of, 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 of forethought. You, you will blow the kid up. We have to be careful with the stories we repeat about other people. James 1 and 26 says, If any man among us seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, he deceiveth his own heart, and his religion is in vain. One man said God knew what he was doing when he put teeth in front of our tongue. Those are little doors and gates right there, buddy. Praise God. Hallelujah. The tongue, without question, from the biblical, the biblical attitude, is that the tongue must be bridled and controlled. Why? Because it has an almost unlimited potential. To ruin and to destroy. James 3 and 5 says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little, a little fire kindleth. We had all these fires here in California. And it's believed that most of them were started by arson. I remember at one point the fires were so bad here. 
We could not step foot outside of our house because the air was so polluted. There was so many uh, ashes and, and toxins in the air. I remember I had never felt that kind of anxiety in my life. I thought you, we couldn't escape it. We drove to the coast. We drove back. No matter where you went, the air was bad. And do you know that somebody started those fires? Not with, not with gallons of gasoline. They, they didn't need a, a blowtorch. They didn't need a missile. They probably did it with a little bit of gas and just one match. And the Bible says an unbridled tongue is the same way. Somebody who tells stories without thinking about it, without fact-checking, without having two or three witnesses, without asking themselves, does this even need to be repeated? Amen. Hallelujah. Before you say anything about anybody, just ask yourself that. Does, does it even need to be repeated? Does, is, this, is this any kind, you know, does this add any kind of value to the person's life that I'm about to share this with? Am I doing this to get information? And I know how apostolics are. I know how Pentecostals are. We call it sharing. It's called gossip. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I know some of us even call it prayer requests. It ain't even that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's just gossip. It's, and if we're not careful, we'll slip into slander. If we're not careful, we'll slip into, stand, into slander. If we do not know something to be true, we should just not repeat it. We are being entrusted. Listen, when you hear something about somebody, I'm, I, man, I hope if you remember nothing else I tell you tonight, remember this. When you hear something about somebody, know this. You are actually being entrusted with, with the most precious thing any of us have, someone's reputation. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. When you hear somebody say something about somebody else, you have just been trusted by God, perhaps, with the reputation. I, I remember one time, I'm not afraid to lie. We've all done this, right? We've talked about somebody we shouldn't have. I just remember one time I was talking to a brother of mine. I said something about somebody else, and it uh, might have been true. I don't even remember at this point what I said. All I remember was his response. He just stared at me, spoke in tongues for a few seconds, was like, I am my brother's keeper. And I got so convicted, I thought, man, I'm over here lost. You all spiritual, tongue-talking, quoting scripture. But you know what? He shut me up real quick. And you know what? He spared me from slipping into slander. You know, it just, you know, whatever your opinion is, it doesn't really matter. But you know this whole coronavirus scare. They're saying it could be easily taken care of if people that are sick just quarantine. Whether you believe this is real or not, let's, let's just take a virus, for example. So, so many things can be eliminated. They're, trans, they're, they're transmittable because people don't stay home. You know what? If you got some hot gossip, just stay home. Just, just quarantine. Just quarantine for a minute. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. And just don't say nothing. You know what? You, 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 you hold the potential and the power, amen, to put a lie down. That is a powerful thing. You know, so many times Christians, they, they, we're, we're so, yes, we're going to stand up against that doctrine and defeat that doctrine. Let me tell you, there's other things, there's other kind of lies that we are here to defeat as well. And one of the ways we defeat lies is by not repeating them. One of the ways we defeat the spirit of gossip and slander is by not transmitting stories which we have no witness for. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You have the power to defeat lies. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is not...
please, and, and I'm going to tell you what I actually fear as a pastor, because it happens to me all the time, and it happens to pastors all the time. You'll just have some person in the church that's like, you know, stealing cars. And someone just says, you know, pastor, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to say nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I didn't want to falsely accuse, you know, this 16-year-old of not being able to afford a Maserati, and so I just, I just figured it was his. I didn't want to slander. That's not what we're talking about, people. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Psalms 141 and 3 says, David praying, and here's the actionable advice. Thank you, King David. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. Um, there was a time in my life where I felt like I was really struggling with gossip. That sounds horrible, right? It's pastor saying that. And uh, this was before I was a preacher. And there was a time in my life where I really felt like this was something I wanted to defeat in my life. And um, I said, God, I prayed this verse. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And you know what happened? Every time... I was about to gossip. I feel the Holy Ghost. Like I'd feel this like I'm in some cases I'd actually feel like a tingle in my head. It was weird. Like I'd actually feel like this like vibration. And man, when I felt that, I just keep my mouth shut. I just stop. I just stop talking, smile. You know. And if they were saying something and I, and I couldn't get them to be quiet, I'd just start kind of talking under my breath to myself so I couldn't hear what they were saying. <laughs> and and I, it just allowed me to walk away. I challenge everybody here. I challenge everybody here. In your prayer time tonight and tomorrow morning, I challenge you. Tell God, Lord, help me to know when I'm stepping into the spirit of slander and gossip. And help me, help me to watch my mouth and to keep the door of my lips. Let's give God a hand praise right now. So now we're going to talk about the rather dark side. The just boots on the ground, nitty gritty, rubber meets the road, lying against somebody. This is actually more complicated than we even have time to discuss tonight. But... I want to talk a little bit about why people lie to hurt others intentionally. And in order to address that, we have to talk about reality. Reality. Now, reality has a lot of degrees. It's very layered. So there's the reality, like there's this wall. That's reality right there. That wall is there. Right? And then there's the reality of, you know, relationships. Emotions, minds, bodies. They're, they're, they're the reality. Reality. The, the reality is that one of my daughters weighs 30 pounds. Like, that's reality. The reality is I love my kids. That's a reality. Like, I love, that's a reality. But then reality is not always pretty, right? Sometimes reality is not pretty. Sometimes the reality is that we weigh 40 pounds more than we should. Right? That's, there's another reality. And then sometimes the reality is, is that we don't love somebody. That's a reality. It's possible to really hate somebody. There's the reality that I don't want this wall to be here. I wish it wasn't there. 
Those are realities. Those are realities. And reality is interesting because it can be changed. Reality can be changed. Sometimes. You could change how much you weigh. You just changed reality. You could change your friendships. You just changed reality. You could change the way you feel about someone. You just changed reality. But then there are things in reality you cannot change. We might get diagnosed with an incurable disease. That is a reality that we cannot change. And if it changes, we call it a miracle. Right? But reality either can or cannot change. Some people are clear, very clear, very clear. In fact, all of us should strive to be this person, to be very clear about how reality can change. Like we should all strive to be that kind of a person that knows where reality can change. When we see somebody that's isolated, marginalized, we can love them and change reality. When we, we can, if, if our health is bad due to our own fault, we can change reality. And we ought to do it. It's, it's our God-given, this is, a lot of people don't know this. There's a very peculiar verse in the New Testament where Jesus looks at the people and he says, is it not written that you are gods? And that word gods there is theos, but it doesn't mean gods as in like God in heaven. And he's not saying that we're little gods. But what he, the, 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 the translation there should be, is it not written that you are governors? And what he is saying, we are governors and stewards of reality. God says, I have put you here on the earth and you're capable of doing incredible things. And in some cases, humans manage to do what was considered impossible at some times. And, and we, we, we can manipulate and, and, and mold reality to be something. The, 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 the state of Israel is a manipulation of reality. They, they, should have, they should have never gone back to Israel. And when they got there, it was full of uh, malaria, infested rivers and, and, and waters, and, and it's a desert. And it was, it was mold over a thousand times. And from 1948 to today, they stayed there. And they made it a technological marvel. Trees grow. Fruit grows. Amen. It's a tourist attraction. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a marvel. It is a wonder that those people have gone back there and they stayed there and defied the powers of reality. And, and, and in some case, and this is not tonight's message, but in some case, you have to understand that that is, amen, your God-given potential. That's, that's why the scripture says, and God gave us dominion. And God made us in his image. And we are to assert that dominion and assert that image. And, 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 and even the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come on you. And so reality says this person is a criminal, a thief, a liar, a robber. Amen. She's no good. And you change reality. Amen. You begin to change your ways and change the way you think and change the way you act. And all of a sudden you're like a decent citizen. That is a change of reality. And we should always strive to be the person that knows how to change reality. But some people are not clear about that. Some people are not clear about how you change reality and so they lie. Other people are not happy with the fact that some parts of reality cannot change and so they lie. 
Believe you me, and I know some people may not agree with this. They think it's corny. I don't even care. But you know what? It was, a, it was a man who believed in God and read his Bible that said, God, help me to change the things that I can and help me to have the wisdom. Amen. To be at peace about the things I can't change. They call it the serenity prayer or whatever. But there's wisdom there. There's wisdom there when you say, you know what, God, this here, this ain't changing, not for me. And in some cases, not for anybody. But some people, they don't like that. Some people shake their fist and they say, you know what? I don't like the fact that that cannot change. And so I am going to lie. Because there are people that genuinely believe that their perception is all that matters. As far as these people are concerned, lying appears to change reality. They don't particularly care who it hurts. They just want things to adjust to their liking. I'm going to tell you, there's, there's, there's two kinds of people on this coin. There are some people who live a lie who live a lie because it would take away their victimhood. There are people that will stay with, with bad, in bad relationships because it will allow them the rest of their life to be the martyr. And so they live a lie. Well, why do you keep going back to him? Because those people really believe that as long as they're abused, they're hurt, they're mistreated, they're cheated on, and they're stepped on, that all their friends see them as a very noble person who's patient and long-suffering and caring and kind. I've sat and wept bitterly with people and said, you've got to come out of this relationship. This is hurting you. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about familiar relationships. I'm talking about jobs. I'm talking about people they want to marry, people they are married to. And there's these horrible, and you're crying, and you're thinking, surely my tears, surely. And they're, they're thinking, you know what? You're going to see just how good of a person I am one day. They're not aggressive. They're not mean. They might be passive. They might be gentle. But they insist. It don't matter. Yeah, sure, he's been in prison five times. Sure, he sent me to the hospital three times. Sure, he, stole, sure, he cleared out my bank account twice. But he's going to change. And you'll see how strong my love is. But that, the flip side of the coin is the people that are aggressive about this. The flip side of the coin is the people that say, you know what? You're not doing what I want you to do. So I'm going to lie on you until your behavior adjusts. There's a real popular phrase out there. If you've never heard it, welcome, welcome to East Bay Bible Fellowship. It's called gaslighting. There are people that there's a thing called gaslighting. There's an old movie. I won't bore you with this, but I will tell you what gaslighting is because a lot of people do it. They'll, they'll, they'll try to convince you. Oh, I'll tell you the movie so you get the punch. There was this bad, there's this bad marriage in this movie. It's an old movie from like the 1920s. I've never even seen it. I'm just familiar with it. There's this, there's this guy who's married to a woman, and he's, he's, the, the, the marriage isn't going good, 
And so what he starts doing, he starts flicking the lights in the house. And the wife, who he's trying to get revenge on, who he's trying to get to adjust. This happens a lot in marriages. We want somebody to be the way we want them to be. Guess what? A marriage is not when you manage to change somebody. A marriage is when both people manage to change. And so this, this guy starts flicking the lights when his wife ain't looking. And she, she turns around. She's like, man, are the lights flicker? He's like, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, no, nothing's happening. She's like, I thought I just saw the lights. And through the whole movie, he's just doing this to her. And finally, the woman just breaks down and loses her mind. Because her husband convinces her that she's crazy. And I know people. And perhaps we've all been that person who tries to convince somebody else, no, 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 no. You're not seeing what you think you're seeing. You're crazy. And we gaslight them. I know people that will deliberately do the, the most audacious things. You're, in your mind, you're thinking, did you really just say that? I know people that will actually push the envelope. And do stuff where you're like, you ever had somebody do something so crazy in front of you? You're like, are my eyes deceiving me right now? Yeah. Did you actually just do that? I've had people come, we're talking casually, everything's cool, and they'll just insult you. You ugly. Wait, did... And they, they're gaslighting you is what they're doing. They, they, they are genuinely, and I'm, I don't know where I'm getting this, but maybe I'm just venting tonight. But they're gaslighting you is what they're doing. They're slandering you in hopes that you will change and adjust. But here's the thing about gaslighters. Here's the crazy truth. Most of the time, they're not actually malicious. And if you are ever going to help a, a person that does this, if you're ever going to not be affected by these people, the one thing you have to realize is, you know what? You know what your problem is? You don't like reality. Most gaslighters tremble at the thought that reality is not the way they want it to be. It drives them crazy. It drives them crazy that their wife is really... That way. And those of you that are happily married, you know, there comes a point in every marriage where you're like, you know what, I'm not going to even try to change that. You're like, you're really that way. <laughs> Surprise. That's right. And sometimes it's not a sin. Guess what? It's not a sin if your wife's favorite color is purple. Get, you know, it's not a sin. There, there's all kinds of stuff that's not a sin. And at some point we find out, hey, well, you know, I mean, what did you expect? You weren't, you and your wife should not have been raised in the same house. Like, she, she had different parents. You had different parents, hopefully. And, and you, you probably got married over 18, hopefully. And, 
And so, yes, you spent half of your life raised by two different sets of parents, by different lives. You think you're going to come together and, like, connect? But we don't, we don't just get to change reality. And let me tell you where the real hubris is. The real hubris, the real pride, the real nastiness of, of, of slandering and lying with the idea that it will change reality. Because there's two things we have to consider here, and I'm almost done. I hope I'm not boring you. When we lie about somebody, when we lie about somebody, what we are saying is that our version of reality is better than reality itself. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, this, this is kind of old school the way I was taught. I was taught that when you discipline your kids, you never break their spirit. Right? Yeah. You never break a child's spirit. Do you understand that there are some children, there, we see them knucklehead, hard-headed, too much energy. You know that one day they might need all that to fight cancer when you're dead and gone and they're in their 50s right, and 60s? Right. And it's what's going to keep them alive from chemotherapy? Yeah. Have you ever stopped to think? that your child having a, a spirit that maybe not totally coagulates with yours or not totally gets, you know, amalgamates with yours? Have you ever stopped to think this child is this way because God knows them and one day they're going to have a set of trials and troubles in life and it's going to require that spirit. It's going to require that attitude. It's going to require that quirkiness. It's going to require that, that sense of humor. It's going to require, you know, I, God... We're talking about the God, people, who, who makes things however he sees fit. We're talking about the God who could see. He's alpha and omega, beginning and the end. And he says, you know what? If I don't give her that kind of spirit, she's going to be depressed. If I don't give him that kind of spirit, he's not going to overcome diabetes. If I don't give her that kind of spirit, I mean, she's going to fall apart every time life hits. I just, I gave her that. And so we have to be careful, amen, to not say, you know what, God? I got a better version of reality, and I'm going to break that person, break that child, break that individual. Individual, lie about them, lie to them until they change to fit my version. I got news for you. There are even some, there is even, there's even stuff in life that's bad. It's all bad. You can't call it good, but do you know that God allowing it is better than what could it be, than what it could be? Have you ever stopped to think that there's some parts of reality, they're bad, they're jacked up, they're messed up, but there is an alternative, but it's worse. Nobody ever stopped. Well, people do. This is philosophy 101. But there are people who stopped and said, yeah, this is bad, but there's always worse. And so there are things in life that are bad, but they're better than. But guess what? We're not smart enough to determine that. We're not wise enough to say, you know what, God? Let me give you a better version of reality. That's, that's arrogant. And when somebody doesn't comply to your version of reality, don't lie on them. Because guess what? They don't change them anyways. Number two, and I'm almost done, I promise. When you lie on somebody, what you're also saying is that you have assessed reality and there's no better option. You are actually saying, everything I know right now is all I need to know. Like, I know everything I need to know right now. 
I know everything I need to know about Brother Jim. I know everything I need to know about Lisa. And so, you know what? I've made my judgment. I've adjudicated properly. Guess what? I declare her, him to be such and such. We've never stopped to consider that there might be alternatives. Maybe I need to change my perception of reality. There is an alternative. Maybe they're not that at all. Maybe it's me. Psalms 19 and 5 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall not escape. What is the punishment? Liars don't realize that who they hurt the most is themselves. Because when you live a lie, when, well, when you lie about others, it is impossible to have a sustainable society, a sustainable marriage, a sustainable family, and a sustainable friendship. That won't happen. A sustainable church. Most people that lie about other people have to cycle through friends yearly. Some people weekly. Some people go through friends. Oh, my. Oh, my. Let's not slander. Let's be happy people. People with friendships. Sister Prado, can we play something happy? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand. Amen. Amen. I know this lesson was long, but I felt it. Praise God. We're almost done. Commandment number 10 next week.